You're listening to the Office Free Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Spencer, and each week I'll be taking you behind the scenes with entrepreneurs who have escaped traditional offices and built digital empires based on their expertise. We got ourselves another episode of the Office Free Entrepreneur Podcast. I am your host with the most, Brad Spencer, and I am here with a really good friend, uh, someone who I actually just met relatively recently from another friend, uh, Jocelyn Jones, who is a connector and knows a lot of people. And she said, you know, hey, you got to talk to Andrew. And so I'm here with Andrew Cap. Um, now, I want to, you know, kind of preface this. This is going to be a fun uh, interview, a little bit different than what we had in the past, a little bit, because Andrew's got a really great book. Andrew, you want to tell everybody about your book a little bit sure and what, thing, uh, how they yeah. can enjoy it? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. I really appreciate being here. And um, I guess in the spirit of fun, I'm coming at you with probably the longest book title anyone's ever heard. Um, the full <laughs> title is The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. And uh, you know, I'll be happy Ooh. to go down the road of, of what motivated that later in the conversation if you'd like. But the long and short of it, given that title and given the, the bold promise that it might be, was me going to a very crowded space and just trying to do something different in the sense of, okay, I recognize, especially from my own personal experience, that we all know what it's like to have that whole self-improvement thing, to work on ourselves, to get a good idea, to start working with it, to start to get results, and then still quit for some weird reason. And, you know, even though I did it in the context of law of attraction, you know, this is regarding weight loss, regarding relationships, regarding nutrition, regarding money, regarding marketing, regarding business. Why is it we find these really good ideas and we start using them and we still don't get progress and we still don't continue with it? And in the context of Law of Attraction, that's what this book, the last Law of Attraction book you'll ever need to read, is intended to reveal so that people finally have that level of self-awareness where they catch themselves in the act the next time around and that they can finally implement what they want to. I love it, man. You know, and it's interesting because I'm not, I'm a very optimistic and positive person, but I'm a very... uh get in and do the work kind of a person as well and have processes and consistency. And, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of people, I think, you know, and I, and I'm sure you, you know, quite a bit this well, where they, they have this like view that the law of attraction is, you know, you think something long enough and things happen. Whereas I'm kind of like, Hey, I create my own luck and I work hard so that when opportunity does strike, I'm prepared to take advantage of it. That's kind of like the world that I've operated in. So I'm, I'm really excited for this conversation because um, you know, everything Jocelyn told me about you early on is that like you, you're very practical guy and all that. And I'm actually kind of excited to see like how you address that. Um, I want to, I definitely want to dive into that in this conversation, but I always like to ask one question, uh, before we start off. And it, it's kind of like my kickoff question that I, I really enjoy the answers to these. And I think other people do as well. Um, with your business and especially being like the law of attraction, a lot of the people in that market are very kind of, um, I don't want to say wishy-washy, but like intangible is probably the word I'm going for. They're very like soft, super soft skills. So like how, how did you, when you came in at this book and everything, like how do you frame it in such a way that it really does make a dent? Because obviously you are addressing a problem that almost everyone has in at one time in their life, at least once. Like, I don't know a single person that's, that's had, you know, start, stop problems at one point or another. 
So how do you how do you make a dent in that space when so many other people are, you know, not only have addressed it, but also it's still the problem still exists, right? So all the training that's existed right now hasn't solved the problem once and for all. Like I don't know anybody that can say, yeah, I read this one thing and I never tried did this again. And I know that's kind of where you aspire to with this book. So maybe we can talk about that. Like how do we make that dent in the world in a market full of people that haven't been able to solve the problem yet? Yeah. Uh, well, as far as I can tell. The interesting thing is the answer is kind of like hidden in the question that you just asked right there. Because awesome. well, first of all, I think a lot of people, um, you know, if, if anyone follows marketing and, and does self-improvement long enough, they hear, hear from someone and you don't know who said it first, but they hear from someone that the more personal a problem might be, the more universal it is, the more everyone's kind of living with it in their own unique way, but still living with that problem nonetheless. So when you look at anything that you're using a product or a service to solve a pain or solve a problem, whatever it might be, there's mm -hmm. the problem solution dynamic there, which, okay. you know, everyone dips their toe in some way, shape or form. But there's also the articulation of that. So where I have strived or striven, whatever the right word is there, obviously, I'm not a, a grammar genius, but where I've, um, you know, gone to um, deigned to uh, make an impact is through the articulation based on my own personal experience of having this problem and solving it so that I'm presenting it in a way where it clicks in their mind so that they can ah. finally have this product specifically in this issue in this space and actually do something. The impact is through the result and the accessibility to the result. Ah, I like that. That's that's a that's a good way to answer that. A good a good balanced answer, a very political good answer as well, but also one that I I, I dig that a lot because I, I think a lot of people they hear it but they don't necessarily integrate it. Which I mean, that's always something like you know sometimes things take a couple times to hear uh, before you like take the point. Like you know you, you hear the same point from ten different people, and then like the last person just happens to hit you in a certain way that all of a sudden it clicks. And I think that's that's a good way to put it. Because I mean, I think that that really actually addresses the issue better. I wasn't even going that well. That's a really good answer. Yeah. And for it. me, <laughs> thank you, by the way, Brad. And, and for me, the key is in the recognition, again, through personal experience, through hearing things 20 different ways, interpreting them in my own way, which is a problem in and of itself, and still not getting there, and then finally clicking in a different way, just knowing ahead of time when I'm writing this book or when I'm making a YouTube video or when I'm sharing this information in any way, shape or form, I'm most often or most likely doing it to someone who's kind of heard it before. They've already had a failure before through it. So there's already a level of frustration, of doubt, of, of, of hesitation. And mm -hmm. I include my, uh, you know, that understanding in the way I articulate, in the way I describe, in the way I address the information, hopefully in a way that I've determined it's just going to click with them. And a quick little insider tip, at least for me, part of the way that I do that is I explain things because you said Jocelyn used the word practical. I explain yeah. things in, in real world, tangible form. In other words, when later on, when you ask me more about the law of attraction, I'm going to relate it to physical things and physical situations and circumstances that right. we can all relate to independent of whether we believe in the law of attraction, whether we believe in God, whether we believe in anything, but just based on our own real world, three-dimensional experience being alive. Man, I, I like that. I, 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 yeah, this is, this is going to be a really fun conversation. I'm excited about this because this is an area that like, I have a I have a love hate relationship with personal development because I am so practical and I find <laughs> a lot of this stuff. I mean, like you know, I, I'm I'm 35 years old. I've, I've been around the block doing this stuff for a long time. You know, I have a family and all that. And you know, that's always like my thing is it's like I I want more time, right? So like I'm not my number one priority is not necessarily like unlike a lot of people 
they want to make you know money because they want to quit a job or they they want to get out of the thing they're doing now and do something else. So their they, their lens that they view the world as is in like how do I acquire money, which is just one type of resource, right? Mm. So for me, like my my acquisition strategy is how do I free up my attention as well as like spend time with cool people who energize me. So that like the, like this conversation, like the rest of the day after we record, I'm gonna be on. Uh, one, one, because I think we're gonna have a really great conversation, but also I think I, I get, I just get like lit up, you know, it's like, it's like sticking my, uh, my plug into the wall and recharging, um, you know, as an extrovert, it's kind of like my thing, which is the secret that I don't tell too many people about this podcast is like, I think I get more of more out of it than anyone else does, uh, doing it all the time. But, um, anyways, enough of that. Uh, cause I could, we could jam on for hours, I think, hmm. um, so we, you know, we take that dent. So one thing I always like to find out, like early on, um, because, you know, how every, I, I like to tell the story of where people got to now, right? Like everyone, you know, you see this in a lot of podcasts where they're like bragging about every cool thing they're doing right now, but they don't tell you necessarily all the steps of the journey, which are important context, I think, uh, to find out why people are the way they are. Like, we, I think we all are a summation of our experiences in one way or another. So like kind of going into this, like what led up to like early on in life, whether that's, you know, childhood or high school or college or early adulthood, where did you kind of start with this path? Because I mean, obviously you, you said you struggled with this yourself and you figured out how to solve it. Like where did this kind of all like, what's the genesis of this all, if you will? Yeah. Well, just to give a, a little quick insight, you know, as a kid, I always viewed myself as just average. And I mean that on every level of the playing field in terms of the grades that I got, in terms of my height in the classroom, like sizing up the whole room around me. I was always that guy that was like just in the middle. Even right now, I'm 5'8", so I'm not too short. I'm not too tall. Um, and like I never saw myself as standing out. I never saw myself as special. Therefore, I never had, at least at that point, some kind of motivation to to level up in my life. And okay, <laughs> I was conditioned in the sense of, you know, grandparents and parents and aunt and uncle that are in this old world model of you get your job and you're there for 40 years and they will take care of you and everything mm -hmm. will be okay and you'll retire and you'll be happy. And um, it was kind of a rude awakening because as I was going through college, having summer jobs and then, you know, just reading articles and, and learning new things, it became very clear to me that the world had changed and that I could no longer count on some mystery faceless company looking out for me. I can't I didn't think that I can count on a, on a pension or retirement or someone that's just going to hold on to me, even if I'm doing a good job, because, you know, you see businesses, they they have issues even and they they have to lay off employees even when the employee is awesome. So it was a very right. shocking thing to me to go through childhood and all of a sudden I'm an adult and all of a sudden I realize, whoa, this is on me. I've got to take care of this. I can't count on anybody else to which I'm like, all right, well, it's time to start my own business and it's time to take this path to which it's like, whoa. I'm a B minus B plus A minus student, meaning I'm a B plus A minus person in terms of success and results, meaning I'm just average. Um, I need to figure this thing out. I need to do better. And I basically found myself with this insatiable uh, drive for success for the money, as you were talking about. But just really what I wanted, which, which I think most people want, even when they think they want money, is I just wanted relief. I just wanted happiness. I just wanted safety and security and enjoyment and adventure all wrapped up into one. So mm. here I am, an entrepreneur, and I think any entrepreneur out there can relate to having to eat your own dinner, so to speak. And yeah. so when you're that type of person, you find yourself looking towards 
positive modalities, positive mindset, personal development, which quick sidebar to make this a long-winded answer. Interesting thing when you were talking about personal development, I'll never forget 2015 where I saw someone on stage where they said that the problem, the inherent problem with personal development is that it inherently implies that there's something wrong with you and that there's always something that needs to be fixed, which is very interesting. I want to throw that in there. But getting back to this, so here I am um, looking into things, Brian Tracy, Tony Robbins, whoever, and law of attraction was just one of many modalities. So for me, it was just one of those things that I was investigating. And to be really candid, Brad, it was um, very hit and miss for me. I had some successes. I had some failures. It was unreliable. And I would only find out years later that I was the one who was unreliable because, you know, four years into all this, you know, 2004, I learned it. 2008, I had a really bad week where I lost that company that I was working on. And that same week, my girlfriend of three years breaks up over text. So, oh, man, yep. waking up on a Monday, I've got everything waking up on a Friday Mm -hmm. and it feels like 90% of my life is done. So just to stretch this out a little bit further, I had a look in the mirror. And I'd say, Andrew, you got to do something. You've wasted your 20s. You, you're alone now. You've got nothing going on. Something needs to happen. And I had this weird simultaneous moment of defiance and stubbornness and indignation with an epiphany of, well, that law of attraction thing kind of worked. Now that I think about it, when I actually did it, when I kept with it, when I didn't quit, when I didn't stop. So I don't, now I'm like really mad and I don't care what happens. I don't care when it happens, how it happens, why it happens. I don't care about any of that. I'm going to go all in with that law of attraction thing and we'll just see what happens. And when I say all in, I don't mean all day, every day. I mean simply what I had been doing before I stopped doing it, which is five or 10 minutes of gratitude exercises or visualization exercises or something like that every single day without fail. And here's the thing, Brad, the results were miraculous. Like two weeks later, I felt better, which is saying a lot with a broken heart, obviously. Three months later, I'm in a brand new, way healthier, way happier relationship with someone that really understood me. Four months later, I'm making more money than at any point in my life before then. And six months later, uh, I'm on cloud nine. I'm running on all cylinders. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm waking up happy and fulfilled. Everything in my life turned around. And what I learned, not through a book, not through a guru, not through anything else, but only through my own personal life experience that no one else could have given me, is that this thing, and we'll call it the law of attraction, this thing works when you work it, when you work in harmony with it, when you just lean in and you don't try to force it, and you just let whatever may be, be. And to make this a little bit longer answer, it was only 10 years later, where I was just looking into what can I do in my new business now that that will really lift me up, and really fill me up. And it's like, well, I've never really spoken about this law of attraction thing that was such a huge part of my life. What if I give myself permission to add something new to the space, and to write a book that hasn't been written before, and to offer a way by which maybe other people that had had similar struggles as me to give them that window, to give them that foot in the door, to try this and get a real result through their life experience so that it's not me teaching them. It's not the book teaching them. It's not the universe teaching them, but just like me, it's their own life experience. So I probably answered five of your questions in that long-winded thing, but that's basically um, how we got from there to here and what's really Mm -hmm. informed my motivations as I'm doing this project and as I'm running my business. No, I, I like that. So, so tell me a little bit, like what, what is other than the book, like what, what business did you apply this to, uh, like that, that kind of turned things around pretty quickly? Cause I mean, that timeline is insane. Like, I mean, and I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued because you approach this the same way I approach stuff where it's like, I'm, I'm a very, you know, the Taoist philosophy, it is what it is. And that's kind of like, 
I'm very outgoing and yet I'm, I'm eminently uh, a practical person as well. Like I'm not one of these, you know, status chasers and all that stuff. I mean, I've had that phase in my life, but I've never really been motivated a lot by just acquiring stuff for the sake of acquiring stuff. I, I played that game for a minute and it was always, I always ended up getting bit in the butt by something and it never, it never gave me any lasting happiness. Whereas, you know, when I focus on creating freedom and time space, I'm just like, oh, life is easy. You know, things, things work out, you know, I'm open to opportunities rather than trying to force things showing up. That's one of my big, uh, ones over the last couple of years. So, so tell me a little bit about like what you, how you applied this in like a business context, like, cause I can see a lot of ways you can go with that. So I'm, I'm curious what you did. Absolutely. Well, really quick, just to set the container for that to, um, sure. to speak to your practicality. Cause a lot of people, some people think law of attraction is about sitting on your couch and just meditating. And other people think it's about taking action. And there's a combination. There's a point where you're sitting on your couch and you're letting things marinate until you get an idea of inspiration so that the action that you take is inspired action and not out of lack. That's a, a huge part of this. So okay. for me, these methods in this situation, I was taking action, you know, for my health. You know, I I went and uh, I rejoined a, a martial arts dojo, but it wasn't because I was trying to lose weight. It was just because I wanted to feel better about myself. And yet I lost 25 pounds in a seven week period without even trying because I wasn't looking at the scale until someone noted that I'm looking a lot thinner. And, you know, it was just happening. And came to the relationship part. I went on dating websites, but it wasn't out of lack. It was I was inspired. I'm like, okay, I'm inspired to go on this one, and I'm inspired to click on profiles at this time. And I'm trusting my gut, and I'm trusting uh, the feeling I'm getting when I'm reading these profiles of whether I'm going to write an email or respond to an email or anything like that on where right. I'm going to take us. Regarding the the money piece, there was a combination of of a nine to five that effortlessly fell into my lap because through inspired action, I went on a job site. And I wrote what I believe was the best cover letter that I'd ever written before. And I believe, and me, I'm egotistical about having a way with words, but this thing blew me away. And the interview process was, was effortless. But because I was on this role of making more money, I was also doing like a side hustle where I plugged back into doing some marketing consulting for people. And um, referrals were dropping in my lap and people were just finding their way to me. And this was through a combination of me, again, putting out that energy um, putting out that gratitude, putting out that visualization. But when an opportunity was falling in front of me, I would act on it. I would take that phone call. I would reply to that email and I would sell myself. But again, it wasn't out of lack. It was in this effortless way where everything was just clicking. It all, it mm. felt like, it felt like I was on a conveyor belt and it was just going smooth and nothing can stop it. And all I had to do was stay on the belt as it was moving me forward. Mm. I think I think there's a lot of truth to that too because I think a lot of people try to outrun their problems by work outworking the problem yeah instead of letting things show up and I I do notice that I never really thought of that as like law of attraction because I I do that where I realize 80 90 percent of what I'm doing now won't matter two years from now so there's no use in getting all bent out of shape and trying to control things as much as like a lot of people do where they want to like book their calendar solid all day and have everything very rigid and like organized and structured i'm kind of like well i need to get this stuff done and let me pay attention to my wave of energy for the day sometimes i feel inspired and energized to get my work done and then sometimes i need a break like before we got on i was outside you know having a cigar and relaxing for a little bit and i was like yeah i need to uh put off that thing i was gonna do and just do it later in the day so um i dig that a lot actually you know kind of just the conveyor belt analogy that's that's interesting uh way of putting it so what did you 
So, so you're parlaying this and, you know, it sounds to me like you're, you're working smart, not working hard at this point. Is that a fair way to, to analogize it? That's it's a, it's a very fair way. And, and part of it's like, I'm working smart, but the, the intelligence of that is coming to me effortlessly. It's like, I'm not um, struggling to think of the intelligent moves to make the intelligent moves are being presented in front of me. And you know, honestly, you know, some people, again, they're down with law of attraction or not. That's just a way of explaining it. That's just a model by which of looking at what's happening here. You can just as easily say that I was programming my subconscious mind, which is a very powerful, the most powerful still supercomputer on this world, and that the subconscious mind was governing my actions for me. And it was making subtle um, changes in the cadence of my voice that it knows how to communicate to other people to make them like me or to make them respond well to me, that it was throwing ideas into my mind because, again, it knows all the calculations to do it. So there are explanations about this that don't even involve the universe. I just happen to be a person who looks around me, who understands that we're having this conversation right now and saying, okay, we're not in the same room. We are how many miles apart? How are we having this conversation instantly in real time? Well, frequencies and, and vibrations that our physical bodies cannot detect and yet it's actually happening in front of us. And I just have that same attitude of there's other things. We're in a sea of or a soup of vibration and energy and like just things zinging back and forth and like energy attracting like energy so that it unfolds in that way. So whether you call it the universe, you call it your subconscious mind or you call it a combination or you call it something else entirely. For me, the important part isn't even knowing what it is, but finding some way of explaining it in your mind so that you are motivated and inspired and just alert and focused enough to act on it and use it to your advantage. I, I like that. So, so in essence, the way would you characterize it as more of like plugging into what's already around you rather than necessarily like doing something the way we think of it, like taking an action? See, see, it seems to me like it's like most people look at you know, and I, I'm even recognizing in my own mind right now my bias around the law of attraction because I was. I was skeptical at first when I, when Jocelyn told me on a call, she's like, Oh my God, you got to talk to this guy. And I'm like, okay, great. She's like, I asked her, tell me what you're about. And she told me law of attraction. I was like, Oh Jesus. Like, <laughs> like I was like, I, like that was my initial impulse reaction. And she's always given me really great connections. Like she's never, she knows what I like and who I like and who I click well with. So she's really tuned in. So I was like, okay, well obviously she sees something. So let me do it. But I think that's where I'm even noticing my own bias is like, putting the cart before the horse, whereas you're like, hey, just hop on the thing and let the horse pull you where it will. And then kind of like, I don't want to say respond or react as so much as it is respond to what's coming on around. It, it, am I am I in the right field of, of how, how to look at this? Because they think this is important, right? Because, you mm -hmm. know, especially with people listening to this, most of these people are go-getters, right? Like they want a better life, you know, and everything of that nature. But one thing I do get is that, you know, there's a lot of people who want a better life, but they don't actually want to do anything to do it. They, they get, they get their joy or dopamine hit or however you want to characterize it out of the thought of doing it rather mm -hmm. than the actual outcome that, you know, selling something or creating a business that they're happy with. They, they, they get the idea is what gives it to them, not actually doing it. So to me, it seems kind of like, you're looking at this as a tap in and plug in to what's already around you and dial in rather than necessarily like change your behavior. I, I don't know if I'm going, I, I'm, I'm a little bit rambly here for a second, but am, am I on the right track with this uh, as far as how you think of it? Yeah. Well, a couple of things. First of all, you know, 
I'm probably very weird as compared to another, you know, so-called law of attraction author in that <clears throat> I'm actually not really concerned with you or anyone listening, like believing me or listening, because my answer is like, because you brought up your biases. If your biases are working for you, I don't want to mess up your flow. I don't want to get in the way of what you're doing if it's working. It's more of like I think if something's not working, I would only invite people to give this a try and see if it clicks, see if it makes a difference. And if it doesn't, throw it away. But if it does, be willing to understand that there's always going to be things that we don't understand. With that sure. in mind, to give you, I guess, the um, you know, the grasshopper take the stone out of my hand moment here, it's yeah. not about plugging in, it's about realizing that you already are. Tell me more about that. Yeah, so here we are, like, again, whether it's the universe or you want to call it your subconscious mind, there's there's so many things going on around us right now. Mm -hmm. There is inspirations, ideas that are flowing to us uh, constantly. It's just, you know, we have our reticular activating system and we've got filters in place because it's a survival thing. You know, in other words, you know, back in the day when you had to watch out for saber tooth tigers, you really can't have your awareness on a nice, beautiful plant that has a nice, cute little bug on it. It's like, you've got to focus your attention on the tiger. And by the same token, you've got bills to pay. You've got a relationship to maintain. You're thinking about your kids. You're thinking about this, that email you've got to reply to. So there's there's certain filters and there's certain things going to block things out. But there is so much all around us that we are plugged into, that we have access to. And it becomes a question of, okay, well, let's pretend Andrew's right. And let's pretend he's also right that this stuff that you can plug into is good. It's inspiring. It's empowering. It's advantageous. It's going to get you higher and, and better and further and faster wherever you are in your life. Not to quote Captain Marvel here. It's like, okay, how do we access that? And in my experience, as simple and oversimplified as it may sound, the access comes down to taking just a few minutes a day, if nothing else, to predispose yourself towards a more open, more positive mindset of just intentionally experiencing gratitude or visualizing things that you want or scripting about your dream life in the present tense as if it's already occurring, just to kind of, again, throw that programming to the universe or your subconscious mind or both depending on your beliefs and just letting what that what's already been there for you, what's already available to you, just let it in. Just let yourself get more access to it. Because think about it. Why do most people get their brilliant ideas in the shower? It's because they finally let go of whatever they've been trying to think about, whatever they're trying to force. And mm -hmm. no pun intended, the faucet opens up, the valve opens up for them. And then all of a sudden they have access to ideas because they don't have anything else that's getting in their way. I, I like that a lot. I mean, so, so let, let's kind of, let's, let's do something here so people can, cause, cause I mean, I'm utterly fascinated by this. I can't even begin to say how, how this is like, you know, the glue that's putting it, you know, the Tetris pieces, it's filling in a lot of holes for me. So, you know, I, I'm a pretty optimistic and grateful person in general. Um, most people are wired to pessimism. Like that's just the world that we live in. The media likes to sell, sell that yes. line of thinking and teach their own. But, you know, I, I, I've always been like, Hey, evidence of centuries shows that humans are way better off now than we've ever been before. So it stands to reason that'll probably keep going. Um, cause it hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't, it's just an observation, deductive, however you want to inductive reasoning, whatever you want to call it that says that that's likely to occur, even with there's some bumps along the way. So I guess like what I would, what I would ask is like, what's the practical way for somebody to look at this and say, Hey, look, I'm coming from lack, which a lot of people are, let's be real. What, even if they have the money, like, you know, I, I think a lot of people, they make money or they have some kind of form of financial success. However, they define that 
and they're still operating off that old code. Like I joke with my friends quite often. I, I call it Brad OS. I'm always trying to upgrade Brad OS. I like um, that. And, and that's just how I see the world. Like that's everything I learn is, is creating capacity to improve an updated version of my operating system. And sometimes, you know, I get big upgrades and then other ones they're like, you know, 0.1 to 0.2, you know, kind of a thing. So what can someone do um, to kind of look at this? Because I think the lack thing is something that a lot of people have bastardized and made like, you know, blame the victim or blame someone for being ignorant of just they don't know what they don't know. How does someone tap into that to say, "Hey, look, yeah, you're not you're new at business, or maybe you've, you've you're new to this type of business that you're trying to build because you've done that, right? Like you you built a business in something else, you lost it, you've taken some other things, and now you're in a law of attraction. So that's a whole different business model, if you will. Mm-hmm. So let's let's kind of go back into that a little bit and address that lack because I think that's from what I can tell, that seems to be like the tipping point that like if you're doing something out of lack, it's going to keep more of that around. Whereas if you're doing something out of, I already have this, all of a sudden you're going to pay attention because I think lack and abundance exist at the same time. It's just like what station on the radio are we dialed into? That's my understanding of it. Now, it, I don't know if you would say it's the same, but that's what I'm taking and picking up. Hopefully I'm picking up what you're dropping, but yeah, um, I mean, I would call them as bo- both constantly available channels and you make the choice of which channel you want to be on. Got it. Cool. Yeah, so, but I so guess how, to, do, how do we how do we how do we tap into that? Because I think most people don't even know there's a dial that they can choose. They just like they're they're here and now present reactive beings, um, whether they've got startups or, you know, even really successful businesses. There's a lot of people who are still in that reactivity mode where they're not deliberately choosing. Yeah. So um, <laughs> there's actually a really important reason that they're not choosing, which okay. um, I'm happy to answer, but I'll make that a separate answer. Otherwise, it'll make this one along with a complicated one that doesn't serve the audience as well. But so to first address this, it's actually going to be a little bit of a uh, unexpected way, probably by which okay. I go about this, and it also might seem cool. like a cop out unless people actually take my take me at my word and give it a try. Okay. But the way around it is actually through gratitude, and the way to gratitude is choosing a process that you enjoy so much that you can't be easily talked out of it because. The thing about this is this is why, by the way, people have trouble working out because oftentimes working out is not a choice. It's a chore. It's not something that they get to do. It's something that they have to do. It feels like a commitment. There's pain involved. There's there's resistance. There's frustration. There's just looking at the watch saying, I don't have time for this. There's just looking down at their body in pain saying this isn't worth it or whatever else might be. Meaning right. for me, at least in my experience, while this isn't the only strategy, this to me is the easiest best available, most powerful strategy, it's to find a way, a method of gratitude. And I can teach a couple of people like um, that you enjoy so much for those just five minutes, not an hour. We don't have time for that. Those just five minutes that you're doing it, if you enjoyed so much that you actually look forward to it so that the next day you're excited to do it instead of it feeling like something that you have to drag your way to. Because mm. I said this often, I've yet to find a football fanatic that looks me in the eye and says, wait, you mean I have to go to the Super Bowl this year? It's like, no, they're pumped to go to the Super Bowl. They're pumped to be on that long plane ride and you know, bake out in the hot sun all day because they want to be at the game. And the goal right. is when you're starting a business or when you're entering a relationship or when you're doing anything, in my opinion, when you intentionally find a gratitude practice that you enjoy so much that you look forward to, and when you therefore do it with a daily consistency, you are then predisposing your mindset and your mentality 
towards a more optimistic outlook that isn't just airy fairy world that's like, ooh, sunshine and rainbows, but actually strategically opens up your mind for better solutions, for seeing things. All of a sudden, that pickup line that wasn't working, it's going to work because you're more open. All of a sudden, you're going to know where to look on Google. All of a sudden, you're going to have a certain level of extra patience when you're reading through terms and conditions that you have to get through, that you have to understand because you're at a level of ease and you're not frustrated and you're not strung out. So there's all these little hidden layers and benefits that will be based in that more positive, more relaxed, more easy, more joyful mode and mentality, and it'll just automatically flow from there. So again, I know that's probably not the answer that might've been expected, but I would say it's a very powerful one if people want to give it a shot. So I, I like that. So like, let's talk about that a little bit. What like tactical for a second, because I mean, I, I, I've always thought of gratitude as kind of more like a state of being like very intangible 30,000 foot view kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. What would be that? Like, what, what would an example of like a five or 10 minute gratitude ritual that doesn't feel like a choice? Cause I, I mean, I do absolutely agree. Like the perspective of, you know, I know for me in my own life, I had a mentor tell me that once he's like, you don't, you don't have to do anything. You could sit on your ass. Now there's consequences of sitting on your ass. You know, you might lose your house or you, you know, starve, but you don't have to go to work. You don't have to go to your job. You choose to go to your job. Uh, and that's, that changed my whole perspective. Like four or five years ago when I first heard that, I never thought of it like that, but like with, with gratitude and like the actual practice, like what would an example be for someone that they could use and actually try this out? Cause like, I know what I think, but I'm, I'm curious how you, how you see this and what you would do for somebody. Sure. So two quick disclaimers or, or to preface it, um, I'm about to teach a method, but it might not be the one that really resonates for people listening. Although I would suggest they try it and just see how it feels. But even before we get there, because you were talking about the 30,000 foot view, I think not that you were saying this and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but just along those lines, I think sometimes people look at joy as this result or as this manifestation that's kind of like off in the distance that they're going to. And that is true to an extent, but joy simultaneously, in my opinion, is a strategy in and of itself. Meaning if you're just looking at joy or gratitude or something like that as this far off thing, again, not that you were saying that, Brad, but I think some people do. If you're looking at this far off thing, it's always going to be that far off thing. Whereas if you look at it as a strategy in and of itself, you are giving yourself permission to access it in these little bite-sized pieces that are still really enjoyable. And then one day you're going to wake up like, wow, I'm really happy. And I have very easy, automatic, instantaneous access to this gratitude, to this ease and to this happiness. With Mm. that disclaimer and that preface out of the way, one example, um, and I will credit this um, method in particular as a huge difference maker for me. Um, those, I don't know how many years ago, back in 2008, when I made those big gains in money in particular, I call this the time-lapse method. And it's basically a gratitude method, a strategic method, where you're going to list out 15 things that you're grateful for. Five of them are things that you're grateful for from your past. Five of them are in your present. And actually five of them are things in your future that you want. But you're going to phrase all of them out with present tense wording as if they've like they're already a part of your life. So, so so much to the point where if you read that list of somebody else, they wouldn't be able to tell if you're lying. They wouldn't be able to tell if it's happened, it is happening, it might happen. They don't know because you've written it in present tense. And then what you're going to do is you are going to jumble up that list. So maybe the first thing is a, a present item and then a past and then a present and then a future and then another future. It could be any, any order. It's all jumbled up. And then you're going to read through that list one thing at a time. It could be out loud or in your mind. And you're going to then give yourself, I don't know, 20 or 60 seconds to feel gratitude for that thing. So obviously, you'd want to pick things that you're really happy about and really grateful for. Um, 
And then what you're going to do is um, the cool, th actually the cool thing about this is two thirds of that list is real. It's already happened or is happening. And therefore the gratitude that you experience for it is going to have a certainty, a confidence, an enthusiasm, a power and an authenticity that you can't manipulate and you can't replicate. It's legit. It's real. It's going to have an impact on you. But here's the thing. We as humans, we don't downshift psychologically very easily. And you've interspersed five future things in there. And that enthusiasm and that level of certainty and confidence will carry over when you're reading those things as well, which means depending on your beliefs, you're either programming the universe to give you that thing or programming your subconscious mind while simultaneously taking out a few minutes in your life to just feel good instead of worrying about your business, instead of worrying about that relationship, instead of doing anything else. And the best mm -hmm. part about this is if I'm lying or I'm deluded, even if there's no law of attraction, even if you don't have these like this pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, studies have shown just that act of feeling gratitude in and of itself will increase confidence. It will improve sleep. It will reduce anxiety and a whole bunch of other physiological positive results and manifestations for themselves. So no matter what, you get a win. The only question is how much of those wins you're going to let in. Mm. So that, that, that raises a really great point. So how much, how many uh, of those are you going to let in? So, you know, damaging emission, uh, because, you know, in, in, in my mind, this is something that I know I've struggled with a lot in my life is, is I have, I, I've, I've always kind of felt a little bit guilty about how much good stuff I have. Mm. Um, and, and, and it's, it's interesting because I, I only became aware of this point of view only about two or three years ago where it's like, there's, I've always kind of played it safe. Kind of think, imagine like someone driving a car, but they're riding the brake and you know, like, like when kids learn to drive and they're like real jerky cause they're learning how to like let off the gas and the brake correctly. Um, I've kind of felt like a lot in my life has had an element of that throughout, you know, stuff. Cause like I went to school for finance. I wanted to be an investor. I like from the fifth grade to graduating college, I knew exactly what I wanted. And I graduated in May of 2008 in finance with a focus on real estate. So you can imagine how useless that degree was when in the middle of a real estate collapse. Right. <laughs> and so I got started in the marketing game kind of by happenstance. Like I, I had worked at a job where I had a lot of time to read in college. So I learned about this whole direct response thing. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like I've always loved watching infomercials. I just thought they were interesting. It's like, how could people buy? But they obviously do buy because these things are so popular and they sell a lot. So there's something going on here. I just don't know what it is. And I remember being a kid, staying up late at night, waking up and putting a towel under my door so no one could hear me watch the infomercials on TV. So I was that kind of nerd. But anyways, kind of going back to that is it's like I've, I've noticed there's been a little bit of guilt where it's like you won't let certain things in like like you get along with everybody. Like I don't have to really try that hard to make friends anywhere I go. I can talk to anybody at any time and have really awesome conversations. So like I hear like all the crap people complain about. I'm just like, I don't know really anything about that. I've never, I don't experience people that way. Like people show up as really nice, like the best version of themselves. And you know, I don't say I get along with everybody, but I would say 98% of people I get along with at least at a neutral level. Mm. Um, I don't have any drama or, any weird ass things like that. So even when I've been on the show, I listen to people I'm like, man, like I got no excuse to not be like, I should be crushing it a thousand times more than these people. Cause they came from way less than I had, you know, and I'm the, I'm the one with the, the, the basic happy life, you know, great parents, great childhood, all that kind of stuff. So I guess like, you know, selfishly here a little bit, um, I I'd be curious to hear what you have to say about like, I, I feel like at least with my life, 
the gratitude stuff comes easily because, you know, great kid, great wife, great relationship, money's good, health is good, all these things that people aspire to and other people really struggle with. I don't have any of those problems and I haven't had those problems ever really. Um, so I guess what I would ask is like, what is that about like accepting things? Because I'm like, I'm like, sometimes I feel like, is this it? Because I don't have any troubles or, mm -hmm. or what I perceive as troubles, I should say. So how would someone who's coming at it from that point of view, open themselves up to say, Hey, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really dialed in. I'm appreciative. You know, I'm going on a date with my wife tonight. You know, I'm happy about that. My day's looking great. A lot of fun projects, nothing I hate doing. And I'm like, huh, maybe you should accept that a little bit more that you have that. And I, and I don't, I know I don't, but I don't know. I know that I don't, but I don't necessarily know how to be more accepting of it. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I'm a little weak in that area. So what, what would you say to that? Wow, so much popping in my mind as you say that, and yeah, so much that I relate I know. to, um, you know, through some of the challenges I had to work for, through. So again, you know me, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of relating things to real world examples because it clicks in the brain. Um, right. So one thing is just a little reframe for you, because one thing, and I'm paraphrasing you now, and I'm speaking for you, and I'm maybe I'm misinterpreting you, but it's no, almost like a thing it. where you're not opening the floodgates to more, even though you know you could, you know you should, and you know that you would if you knew how. And yeah, I would say that's that's a really good way to put it. Yeah, cool. So um, we always think about, you know, that that old adage of like when you're on an airplane and the mask drops, you know, put the mask on first so you could help other people. Yeah, um, I'm I'm like, OK, this makes sense. I need the mask on me first, because from that point of power and agency, not only am I an asset and a value to myself, but I'm actually an asset and a value to the world. OK, this is good to know. But even if I'm there, the mask only reaches so far. So maybe I can get the row in front of me and maybe I can get the two people on either side of me. But what else? What if I could wave a magic wand and make that mask have a really long strand and I could help the whole plane? If I could, wouldn't I do that? In fact, don't I owe it to myself and to the world to be that person that can do that? Wouldn't it be nice if through some way, shape or form through what I do, I'm a living, breathing example or inspiration to other people? who could then follow suit and then do the same thing for other people. Wouldn't it be great if I can do that? Okay. That probably like really resonates and feels good to think about and a nice perspective to have, right? Absolutely. It, 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 it sums up how I see the world entirely. Like that's part of the reason why I do what I do is just because you never know by helping one person one time, just at the right time where you could change someone's whole life. And I think that's the coolest thing ever. Yes. Now there's opinion. a deeper part. So awesome. So I'm glad we're on the same page right now. And yet still you're like, well, I'm not doing as much as I could, even though I know that I should. So here's the part that we are again, everything, by the way, whenever I you say, oh, you have this thing, it's because I do too. And I've seen it in myself. So I'm, I'm not uh, above any of this. But sure. the way I explain this in my book, we have three minds. We've got the conscious mind, and we've got the subconscious mind. And right in the middle there, we've got what I define as the ego. And I'm obviously not a clinical psychologist. So this definition is not um, official in any way, shape or form. I'm just using a word that people can link to. Now, the ego, as I define it, is way stronger than the conscious mind, but nothing compared to the subconscious. And the ego has one job in this world, and that's to keep you alive. And all the ego knows is right now in this moment, you are alive, which is good news or bad news depending on where you are in your life, because that means whatever money problems you do have, if you have any, whatever relationship problems, even whatever health problems, your ego is looking around and saying, okay, this person's alive right now. And you know what? I don't want to risk the status quo, even with a perceived improvement in that life, because I cannot predict 
the survivability chances if changes are made. Because someone out there might be listening right now and they want to be rich and famous, but for all their ego knows is when they're famous, they're going to get a stalker and that's a threat to their survival. And for all their ego knows is when they're rich, they're going to get distant family coming out of the woodwork to sue them for their home and that's a threat to their survival. So the ego really loves you and it's a misguided way of protecting you or trying to, but it's keeping you stuck in place. Even with the thing like you have everything, you don't need to do more, even though you know that you want more. It's your ego saying, I'm not risking Brad's life on a a six-figure addition in his his revenue. It's just not worth it to me. He's fine right now. I'm not going to mess with the program here. So it's obviously important to have that reframe that I just gave you about the, the airplane mask. And now with that understanding, to be cognizant of this ego. And then, of course, okay, well, if we've got this ego that's way more powerful than our conscious mind, that will leverage our fears and our uncertainties and our doubts and our insecurities and also any altruistic attitudes we might have, whatever it has to do to keep us in place, how do we get around this? And the answer is you bypass the ego and you access the subconscious mind, which is like a grizzly bear. It'll overpower everything. Again, whether it's giving you the ideas or reaching out to the universe like I believe in or a combination or whatever it might be, you want to get there. And the way by which you do that is by finding a gratitude or visualization or scripting method that you enjoy enough because the process in and of itself of doing that method is going to access and do a lot of the heavy lifting for you. And again, you'll take action, but you'll get inspired action. You'll get the inspired ideas through that, through that process. And again, the whole key to that is finding something you enjoy so much that you can't be talked out of it. And then it'll be a thing, Brad, where you'll just notice yourself doing more without uh, the same level of friction, without the same level of whatever it was that was holding you back before that. I dig that a lot. So it's essentially is, is, is it's, it's really tapping into that. Cause I mean, I've, I've, I've heard and studied that a lot and I just, I guess I never really thought that that's like, it's kind of like there's a, a gunk in the system, if you will, that, that keeps you there. Cause I, I feel that like, I, I, like if I'm quiet and like I meditate, this is one of the reasons why I don't like meditating as much because it forces me to have to look at this a little bit that mm-hmm. I don't like looking at it sometimes where it's like, is this it? It's, it's always that that's a question that has crossed my mind countless times over the years where it's like, is this it? You know, what, what else is there? Like you set out like, you know, cause for me, like right around 30, so it's about five years ago when my, right before my son was born, I hit every goal I set at 20. Hmm. And and I remember there was a distinct moment where I, I was actually really sad. It was right around my 30th birthday and everything was going pretty decent. And it was just like, wait, like, like, this is weird. Like, you know, I, I, I lost the, I lost the joy. Like, you know, I had some things happen in my business that, you know, even with connecting with people, cause I do a lot of, uh, consulting work with, uh, connecting people together, you know, kind of like what Jocelyn does, but she does it for podcasts and other things. I do it with affiliates and putting, you know, different email lists together. Um, and I love it. And I, and I really, it's, it just comes to me. I can see where, how does this guy's product fit this guy's audience and put them together and create some magic. And I, I just love that. And I lost that joy about five years ago where it just became work. It was like, Oh, I've got all this work to do. I've got to do this and nobody appreciates it. And yeah, that's the noise, like the head talk. Right. And so I, I, I kind of got back to this point where it took a while, you know, and gratitude, I, you know, looking back, that was really what it was. But even now, like I, I sometimes think I'm like, huh, you know, I don't know if I really want all that stuff. So in a, in a way, it's kind of weird where it's like I attracted all the things that I wanted, which kind of proves the point where I was grateful for me. And I had I had pretty good success at the time. And now I'm like, huh, 
this is what I'm thinking out loud, you know, just inner monologue a little bit is uh, trying to figure out what, like what's next, right? If that worked then, imagine what it could work with the stuff you don't even know that you want, yeah. you know, which I think is, I, I think is an interesting concept because, you know, taking this back to everybody else, a lot of people think that like when you make X amount of money, whatever that number is for some people, maybe it's 5,000 a month, maybe it's 50,000 a month or $5 million a year. Who knows? It doesn't even really matter. But there's this thing that I notice with people where like they hit that thing and they think it's going to feel a certain way. And when it doesn't, they're like, oh shit, like I, maybe this was like, I, I climbed the ladder, but it was leaned up against the wrong house. So mm. kind of taking that with this, like, could someone use this practice that you're talking about to kind of uncover what their true desires, because I, I, you know, going back to the ego, right? It's safe to want the nice car and the big house and thinking that it'll uh, attract social acceptance and all that kind of stuff, right? Like that's how Western culture is really wired. A lot of consumption is for status against, you know, to impress people you don't even know and you don't even really like that much, but you want to look good in front of people by living in the nice neighborhood and going to the best schools and all that jazz. But it's not really necessarily what you as an individual want, right? But it's safe to stay in the crowd. Like, oh, I grew up in this certain area and, you know, everybody in my area goes to the Ivy League schools. So if I go to University of Florida, I'm a failure, you know, when in reality, University of Florida is good, good college, you know, you get a good education. So how would someone kind of use this to discover maybe or, or open themselves up to? Because I think that's really where we're going with this is like, it's more like, opening yourself up to accepting what's already you got, you just aren't tapped into yet. Yeah. How would someone discover like what they truly want so that this becomes, cause like you say, it becomes effortless when you really are dialed in on, like I don't have to try to love my son or to love my wife or hang out with her. Like I enjoy spending time with her. It takes no effort on my part to say, man, I really want to watch a movie with my wife or take her out on a date or to have a conversation. I don't have to try. It just happens and I'm I'm inspired to do it. I get an idea and I want to tell her. So how would someone do that with other areas of their life uh, using what you tell people to do? So for me, the perspective I carry is there are things that we do and there are also things that are done for us. Some okay. of it we do, some we don't do for us. Like, you know, it's, if someone gets you a gift, you didn't go out, you didn't shop for that gift. But by that same token, you had the agency to get that if you wanted to. Um, the thing about it is, a lot of this, in my opinion and in my experience, it's kind of like auto-corrected and, and auto-handled for you just through the process of gratitude. Meaning if you do five minutes a day of gratitude and you just let things happen, you'll notice ideas or inspirations come to mind as long as you're not forcing them or rushing them. Like me, if I wanted to find my purpose and knowing what I know now, I will just right. take five minutes of gratitude a day and I'll live my life to the best of my ability and the best of my enjoyment in the meantime knowing that it might become tomorrow or it might come next month or who cares, that inspiration will come when the time is right. But in the meantime, there's nothing stopping me from enjoying my life right now. There's nothing stopping me from growing in my life right now. And there's nothing stopping me from just understanding that part of this, you know, there's, there's a human nature aspect of this. And the more I can be cognizant of that and the more I can be open and the more I can throw away the deadline and be very open-ended into what possibility might fall in, the more the universe or your subconscious mind, depending on your beliefs, has that room to sneak in that inspiration, to sneak in that idea, to sneak in that little nudge in your gut that takes you in a certain direction. And quick little PS, because you were talking about like, you know, you're like, this is it in my life. 
I'm a, I'm a, you know, a UFC fan. I like watching that kind of stuff, but you know, I, but one of my former sensei is actually is, um, competes in the UFC. So I got into it because of him. And one thing I learned about, um, pretty early on was an interesting thing called a uh, post fight depression. And a lot of people think, well, of course the guy who lost or the girl who lost, of course they're depressed, but the winner of the bout also experiences post fight depression because all of a sudden they had this camp and they had this buildup and they had all the pomp and circumstance and they had the crowd and then it's all done. And it's just a departure from what they were used to. So a lot of stuff is you get in a grind, you have an expectation over something the way it's going to be, and it's over in some certain way. And because it hasn't met the expectations and it never will, you are assigning meaning to that and using that as an excuse to feel worse. Whereas for me, I'm like, if I'm installing gratitude every single day, even if they have that weird experience, I'm still more predisposed for more optimistic outlook. And I'm still more open to really good ideas, whether they're improvements in my life, my business, my relationships, whatever it might be. Yeah, I, I, man, like it's, 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 it's like, I don't want it to be that simple, but I really think it yeah. is. Okay, like, Brad, I, thank I, you for I, that. Not, not yeah. to cut you off. That's the ego no. right there. The ego yeah, doesn't I want, it to, want be harder. it to be that simple because if it is, you are going to excel way too fast for it to predict your survivability. And it doesn't realize that you're actually going to be safer when you reach that new level. It doesn't realize that, no, there's not a stalker coming. Yes, you're going to have more access to food and resources. It's actually better. It is freaking out right now because you are excited. So yeah, that that's the actual, thank you for touching on that. The biggest problem here is we don't want to accept that it's that simple. And it's because of our refusal to accept the simplicity that we don't allow the benefits to come for us. Yeah, because I mean, like I, I can see myself fighting it, but it's like, you know, I, I'm a very introspective person but but one of the things that about i'm not i'm not a philosopher like i i'm i'm much more of a a reason guy like you know i try to shoot holes and stuff and find the faults you know because that's how i learn like i i learn by attacking the weaknesses of my understanding or my blind you know some would call that blind spots because it's both but you know when i look at this i'm just like i can't shoot a hole in this Mm. Um, and, and it's not just, it's not just on an, on a theoretical level either. Like, I mean, I look at different, my life, like, you know, thinking back to like the four months I was, I was with a nice lady who, you know, the relationship just ran its course in 2011 and we owned a business together. And that was a rough four month period from like July to October. But like October 12th of that year was when I connected with my wife on eHarmony and we talked for a month and, you know, had our first date and it was just like, holy smokes. And then I kissed her on our third date and we've been a couple ever since. So it's, it's funny though, because I had so dialed in, like, you know, I, 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 you know, focused on this and said, I want to be the person that's worthy of attracting this type of a person. So like, I know that like, you know, I want the wisdom to know who I need to become where this type of person will come into my life some way. And I hadn't even signed up for the freaking dating site at the time. And, and all of a sudden I look back and I'm like, like, this is exactly how I met my wife. Like what you're saying, like, I wasn't tied to, you know, she's got to be this old or have this job or have this, you know, physical type of look or hair color or whatever you want to call it. Like, I just was like, I, I was like, so dialed in on characteristics, you know, funny, smart, you know, makes her own money, has her own dreams, you know, that sort of thing, you know, ambitious but not just for the sake of being ambitious, ambitious for a purpose, you know, and I, and I had this list and I got all that. And I look at this and I'm like, there's no way to explain mm. that. Like we were both like dialed in on some kind of thing. 
that we were pulled together, you know, and the mechanism was the, you know, the site, you know, we both answered questions the same way, et cetera, et cetera. That's the tactical, but like at a bigger picture level, she lived on another side of town. We had no mutual friends. We were not in the same social uh, social circles. We are totally different activities. We would not have crossed paths any other way, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's just no, any way for us to stumble into each other and randomly meet, except to say that there's something bigger. So I guess it's like, for me, I'm seeing this and I'm like, well, I wonder what this would be like in a business context or in a, uh, you know, in a, you know, I, I go, I, I, I always go back to practical things because that's who, you know, our listeners are. And I don't want to have them listen to my mon- inner monologues for, for too long. But, um, I, th- I wonder, and maybe this is just, you know, this is what's coming up to me now. So I'm going to tap in and just let, let what comes out, comes out. Maybe it's like people are approaching this, like, putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. Right. Like if, if, if they become, you know, such a, I don't want to say a magnet cause this is very woo woo kind of intangible, but like if they, if they open themselves up to accepting something even better than what they realize that they think they want, something even better will come along. And I think that's really the big thing I'm taking away from this conversation is that if we open ourselves up with gratitude, like you say, and then we're willing to accept that, hey, maybe there's something bigger than you that knows what you want even better than what you're consciously aware of. Uh, and that's a com- comes in. Is that is that a fair characterization of, of how you see this or am I off track? Yeah, no, you're you're right there. And, and just to add one thing on it, because, again, a lot of us, I think a lot of people listening um, and that take this as a compliment, not as an insult. There is a, a cerebral level to the way you approach things as a practicality you want in there. And. Yeah. Perhaps this just sounds too airy fairy woo woo, even from the standpoint of like, I'll be a scientist and experiment. And to which I'd answer going back to, well, listen, let's not even worry about the results. If anything might come, let's just strategically take five minutes out of the day where you're not worrying about the usual stuff. Just see what just and I love I see. And I love that. I mean, to me, that's like extremely practical. Anyone who's honest with themselves can find five minutes. And and I mean, I, I believe this. I mean, to, to be real honest with you, like. I don't like some of the woo-woo, airy-fairy language, but like to me, this is is extremely practical. It's like dial in and open yourself up, and then just accept what is, whatever comes. Whether in, you know, and because a lot of people don't understand how life interplays, like interweaves, like how our health impacts our relationships and our business, and how our business impacts our relationships and our health. And they they tr- they approach things from an overly linear point of view. And I'm guilty of this. Like when I try to like problem solve. I'd be very cognizant of the interactivity where things intersect, where one thing, you know, wags something else over here. Like it's a complex dynamic system where you can't necessarily predict by doing A that Z, B will happen, right? And that's what I kind of see this as a little bit is it's like, hey, wait a second now. If we just accept this and things will fall into place, maybe not as fast as we want, but the way they should, I guess, if that's, I don't know if that makes any sense, but. Yeah, like the one thing you should look forward to without having to force it and without rushing it is when you get to say there's no way of explaining this. Just the way a couple minutes ago you said there's no way to explain how all the things had to line up for you to meet your wife. And that's when oh, you totally. hit the sweet spot. Yeah. Well, it's funny because like I, I, I felt like I didn't really do anything. Like all I did was focus on like bettering myself so much that like it almost was like I kind of like I I kind of make it akin to this. I say if I do all this stuff, it's only inevitable that like yeah. this outcome will happen. It's not a matter of if; 
It's a matter of when. And that's how I like when I when I really feel dialed in on something that's like the language pattern I use, mm-hmm. where I'll just sit here and be like, holy shit, like I'm really like this is going to happen. Yeah, see, I don't know how. I just decided that it will, and it, and it does. It, it's weird how that simple act of hitting that point is right when I, I know I've tipped on something. Anyways, I don't mean to interrupt you, but well, no, no. Well, see, you're making me look really good right now because remember, not just maybe ten minutes ago, I was saying some things you do and some things are done for you, and you yeah. just articulated that in a different way, and that's the beauty of this. You were just being the best you you can be to invite that result, and the result was being taken care of for you. Now, me, I'm a you know I'm a New York guy, and yeah. um, you know. I don't care about sports anymore, but I used to be like a big Yankee fan. I used to be a big Derek Jeter fan. And okay. the thing that I loved about Derek Jeter, love him or hate him, was that I believe that really attributed to his success was that he only focused on what was in within his control. He worried at that one at bat. He worried about getting a hit. Home runs came for him and they were clutch home runs. They were huge when they did come, but he wasn't trying to force it. He wasn't trying to bend reality. He did what was within his level, his high level of skill through his level of aptitude through his level of confidence, through his level of ease, that was a result of the work that he'd put in before he stepped up to the plate. And that's what this comes down to. You put work in on the off hours, the work does pay off, even if it doesn't tangibly pay off in a way that you are going to predict or expect, it's always going to pay off in a certain way. Yeah, I, I like that too, because that's that's actually very much, like I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Tim Grover's book, Relentless, and that's kind of yep. like how I, I ascribe- a uh, strength coach. Yeah, and and I and I I like that p- perspective because to me like that's always the struggle I have with a lot of personal development is that it's like I don't think things happen uh in general. I've always kind of been like, hey, you you know, you put yourself in the best position and then like life happens, right? But if you're one of these dingleberries that, you know, it's like why I tell everybody they shouldn't spend more than they make or or, you know, invest in things that are shiny objects. It's not that that's inherently bad is that it's like by saying yes to one thing, you're saying no to another. And a lot of times you don't necessarily know what you're saying no to when you say yes to something. So mm-hmm. like for me, that's one of the, my, my reasons why I'm a little bit more conservative with certain things because for me, it's like, look, I could do that and it might work. But like I try to find those situations where like in this case, like spending five minutes a day, I mean – I spend more time waking up in the morning and looking at my phone and getting water and getting something, you know, coffee out of the fridge than five minutes. Right. Anyone can like, it's such a low input relative to the potential output that you do that enough times. Like, you know, in investing, they call it asymmetric risk return. You, you, you put yourself in positions to, you know, even if it doesn't work, who cares? You lost five minutes. But if it does work, holy crap, like, think about that. Like, you know, and that's what I take away from this whole conversation is just that whole five, 10 minutes thing. Everybody has that, but like compounded over time, 10 minutes a day is what? 3,600 minutes a year. Mm. If my math is correct. Yeah. 10 minutes a day. I'll I'll take your word for it. And and whatever it is, but it's a lot of hours. It's a lot. It's it's a lot. It's a lot more than it appears like on the surface anyways. Yeah. And and the one thing I'd want to add is strategically, I don't even have the attitude of like, well, it's only five minutes I didn't enjoy. It's a thing where, again, strategically, you find a method that you enjoy so much that you look forward to it, that the reward of that is there in and of itself. You're actually rewarded in that time, regardless of whether if you ever see any other result or... Worse yet, mm. regardless, well, not even better yet, regardless of whether you maybe get the result, but you never acknowledge that that was the thing that helped attract it for you. Mm. Yeah, I think that's powerful, man. I'm going to, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be stewing on this for a while. This, uh, 
This is uh, making me look at the world a little bit differently, a lot more simple, I would say, because I've always taken this concept and, and, and really like felt like everybody makes it more than it is, but they use language that's very, um, it's separating. It's always like, you know, you yes. got to do this and you got to do that. And you got, it's like, it's like, oh my God, I don't, it's always got to be complicated. Do. It's always yeah. got to be weird. So you, you got to like, even before you're saying you don't want to look at a thing. And I don't know if I'm the best one to give advice on this, but I'd say if you don't want to look at that thing or that reason, don't just focus on good stuff. And I believe personally that the stuff that you don't want to look at will resolve itself anyway, when you're just focusing on good, because there's a certain power to those positive thoughts, even for those five minutes a day, there's a momentum there that Sure. Would blow my mind, including yours, if we actually could take a look and, and get the real visceral feeling of the impact it's making energetically or psychologically or both. Well, I think there's a lot of truth to that because a lot of things do have a tendency to resolve themselves. And like we, you know, we don't realize that, you know, like I think that's one of the stoic type ideas where like the obstacle is the way. Right. Mm. And, you know, even even like last night I was working on a project and I was feeling like a lot of resistance towards working on it. But then I thought, like, how fun is it going to be when I finally figure this out? Like, I know it's possible. I've seen this done. So I know I'm not like trying to figure out if it's even possible. I know it's possible. I just don't know how to do it yet. So I, I wrote something on my wall that kind of, you know, summarizes this up real briefly, which says, you know, a lot of things that we fear are really unfamiliar. They're not hard. Mm -hmm. And knowing the distinction between those two words is really liberating for a lot. At least it is for me, where it's like, hey, I just don't know how to do this, but other people do. So if they figured it out, maybe I can too. And yeah. and that's like my kind of like humility in saying like, hey, and in my life, most people show up and like, this is just an assumption I have. Like someone will show up to teach me. Like this conversation, I didn't know where we would go. I knew it would be good, but I had no clue. I had no expectation about where we would end up and how this conversation would flow. And this is completely different than every episode I've, I've done so far, nice. which is great because I think for a lot of people, they get so caught up in looking for the latest, greatest tactic that they don't realize it's actually the operating system running the show mm -hmm. that's causing you your troubles. Not that you don't have the latest, greatest funnel technology or webinar or phone clothes or whatever thing people are told that they need. They yeah. don't, you know, I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's what I, I, what's coming up for me right now. So here's an interesting thing about people like. If you let's say you've got someone that they've been holding on to Amazon um, stock right now for a really long time and they are they are rich, they are they're filthy rich off of it. They mm -hmm. will still be more excited by, you know, maybe a $10,000 um, profit on a brand new stock because we are attracted to novelty. It's like, are you how could someone possibly be more excited about the $10,000 that they just got than the 50 million that they've been sitting on for 20 years? Do you know what I mean? But that's right. the thing about us. We are so weird. Our ego comes into play. We we crave novelty. We crave excitement. We crave adventure. And that could be a very useful thing to us if we know how to channel it, but a very dangerous thing if we don't see where it's intersecting with our ego to keep us holding us back. So um, I'm just looking at the clock and I know you have somewhere you got to be. So I kind of want to like, that's a great way for us to tie this all together. What would you say like right now? So we've got the five to 10 minutes of gratitude a day and being open to accepting things coming into your life and not really try like forcing it and saying like, Oh, I want the greatest, latest, greatest business. It's like, no, I'm just thankful for what I got. And I'm using this stuff going forward, taking this forward now, like where can people kind of, um, 
you know, maybe work with you more or, you know, obviously they can get the, pick up the book. It's on Amazon, right? I think, mm -hmm. I think it's on. Yeah. Um, and, and all that. So, but what, what's the next step for people? If they, if someone's really digging, like what we're talking about here, how can they get to work with you in some kind of capacity? Well, first of all, thank you so much for asking, Brad, and thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah, dude. Um, this has been great. I love it. Yeah, man. I'm loving this conversation, too. And um, I have two easy links for people. There's lastlawofattractionbook.com, which will auto-forward to the Amazon listing where you can get it in Kindle or paperback or audiobook, depending on your preference. But if you don't want to pull out your wallet, that's cool. I've got a YouTube channel of free content where I teach new methods, interview law of attraction experts, answer questions, all sorts of fun stuff. I even throw my weird sense of humor in there at times. And that's <laughs> YouTube. That's that's the fun part, right? And uh, that yeah. link is youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. Now, here's the weird thing regarding working with me. I haven't even built it into my business model. If people really want to work with me, they can email me and they can either email me by going to YouTube and going to the contact section or ideally getting my book and getting the free bonuses and replying to the email address that sends them all the awesome bonuses. But it's cool. a thing where if people want to work with me, they reach out and I'll tell them the rate and I'll work with them. But I don't even build that in. And that's more of the simplicity. I think um, one extra thing to leave people with. I'm very fortunate that I understand marketing and consulting. I understand copywriting. That might be another conversation if you ever want to have it. So if yeah, I ever to. wanted to just go back to that, I could. But right now, I have literally structured my business where it's the book and the back-end program, and that's everything. And through the simplicity and through the value um, ecosystem that I've built around it for people, that in and of itself is sustaining the volume and the power and the momentum behind this. And I couldn't be happier. I get to spend my day having a conversation with you right now, and you said I have to go. I'm hopping on to another great, awesome conversation. And it's like, that's me right now, in this moment, living the life of my dreams. And maybe my mind's going to change about, about that a year from now. I've given myself permission for it to change. And if it happens, cool. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So this is an invitation to people to understand that the simplicity really is enough there. A welcome invite, whether it's through my book or through the YouTube channel, or just through their own experimentation to, to, to try methods. And a quick one on the end, I call it a gratitude blitz. Just give yourself 90 seconds to five minutes and think as, of, as much as you can off the top of your head that you're grateful for and see how you feel. You'll feel meh at 30 seconds and you'll feel great at like 120 seconds because it'll really occur to you how much you have in your life, even despite all the stressful stuff. So just to leave people with that, um, understand that there's so much more waiting for people that's really here. It's not, again, you're not trying to plug in, you are plugged in and it's more about realizing it. Mm. And you realize it by allowing yourself to visualize things that you want, to experience gratitude, all those things. It will carry way more weight and way more power than you can ever appreciate until you actually try it for a while and you look forward to it each and every day. I love it, man. That's a great place for us to stop. Uh, that's That's been great, man. I, I really appreciate this conversation. Like I said, it's been different than every other episode and I've really enjoyed myself and uh, I know people are going to get a lot of value out of this conversation. Thank you, Brad. I, I couldn't agree more that I, I love this conversation. I appreciate the intentionality of your questions. I really appreciate the wisdom and the insight that you brought to this conversation and um, I'm kind of jealous, like, you know, I guess I'm going to have to be a listener now because um, props to your audience for seeking you out and listening to you. It's very clear that you care a lot about them and that you have a real intent on sharing your wisdom and your value with them. So thank you for being you, my friend. I really, I'm really grateful to be on this, uh, this podcast and this episode with you. Awesome, man. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Office Free Entrepreneurs Podcast. For show notes, extras, and to get the Million Dollar Backpack book where we give you the blueprint to escape your office, visit escapeyouroffice.com.